0: This be me, out, my soul. What now, bread of heaven?
1: Just you tonight. It's sure an honor and a privilege to be here in the house of the Lord and trusting each of you have come expecting something special from the Lord this week. And Amen. And um, we just uh, thank God for the opportunity to, to speak to you again. And I want to thank our brother Tim for the, uh, the privilege and the opportunity to stand here before you today. And I um, sure honor our brother Tim and thank God for his friendship and um, you know, uh, through the years we've we've uh, respected and looked up to Brother Tim as a hero, as as we have many of these men uh, that sit behind us tonight. And it's an odd feeling to have guys like this behind you. You're you know I'm supposed to be listening to them, so uh, it it's a little bit unnerving at times. But you pray for me, and and uh, but uh, we want to say that it's a it is a real honor and to count him a friend, and to each one of them we sure appreciate all the men of God that are. Here, putting their their shoulder to the wheel and blessing them, and Amen. And we're trusting tonight that you've come. I want to give you greetings from Brother Erickson and the church family there at True Word Tabernacle. God bless you from them. And I want to say that it's a that it's a privilege to be here tonight. So we want to, if we can, to bow our hearts in a word of prayer. And being this is the first service, I, I such a, a grace uh, already here of His Spirit. Uh, I I believe the Bible. Uh, I believe Mark 16 the prophet of God said that Mark 16 in action was the true church in any other church he said is false so we want to remember the Bible said in Mark 16 they shall lay their hands upon the sick amen how many believers do we have in the building tonight now I'm going to ask you to help me and let's invoke One of the greatest weapons on the face of the earth. And let's put our hands on someone standing next to us. And let's ask God to come into that life and touch them. As we start this meeting this week, I'm going to ask you to pray for them standing next to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to deal specifically with the need of that individual. Heavenly Father, all across this building, Lord, hands are laid upon one another. And Lord, we don't do it because of tradition. But we do it because it's your word. And Lord, and your word has given power to the believer tonight. And and they're laying their hands believing and trusting. Lord, that you would come and answer the prayer tonight. I pray for the needs, Lord, in this assembly. For them that's out on the air. Father, for them that get these sermons later. I pray, Father, that grace would be extended. I pray, Father, that you would heal the sick, Lord. That you would... Come in this place tonight, and may you deliver them which are sick in their body. But, Lord, I pray that you would touch the soul and and the spirit of your children tonight. Father, if there be one tonight that is here, that is oppressed, that is heavy in the heart, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, may you break the power of the enemy. May you come in restoring power tonight, restoring strength, restoring joy, restoring happiness in life. We pray, Father, that you would break every chain of the enemy in this place. I pray there be such a liberty in your children's heart, Father, that every word that you speak, Lord, would explode like a power within their vessels, Lord. And, Father, they would know that they have been with you. I pray, Father, this evening for this meeting, Lord, may you give us grace now. Bless the ministry. Bless them officers and the ones that are making this thing possible. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We commit this meeting into your hands. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you tonight. If you have your Bibles, we want to uh, turn into the Word of the Lord here, Psalms, the third chapter. And I want to just uh, visit with you a little bit tonight from the Word here, um, some things that's just upon our heart in Psalms, the third chapter. And the first verse. Um, just something that I've been uh, meditating on a little bit, and I pray it be a blessing to you tonight. Psalms chapter 3 and verse 1. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? For many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, There is no help for him and God. But thou, O Lord. 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 Thou art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of mine head. For I have cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. I laid me down and slept and awaked, for the Lord sustained me. For I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against roundabout. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For thou hast smitten all of my enemies upon the cheek of thy bone, and thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord, and thy blessing is upon thy people. We ask the Lord to bless his word as you may be seated this evening. And I want to just speak to you a little bit this evening upon some inspiration that I've just, uh, the Lord just spoke something to me just the other day. And and um, I, I want to speak to you upon this against all odds. Against all odds. Um, I, I read this here with david and i'm i i feel maybe sometimes as i know you do as well like david says here in the beginning of this verse when he almost seemed surprised at how much had been said against him uh, of how many uh, of how many enemies could one man have you know uh you think sometimes about the about the the living of a christian life and and doing your best to live clean and live right and to treat everyone with a good spirit and be kind you think that maybe that it would just be friends and and just be no trouble anywhere and and, but you think of david here who just had one desire and it was to serve the lord that's that's all he wanted to do he just wanted to serve the lord but it seemed like a man that David was even surprised at how many enemies could come up against him and in so much that uh, they would actually can pass about him. Now, of course, David was actually speaking in the natural and I'm not speaking in the natural, I'm speaking of the spiritual. And it's amazing sometimes to think, amen, that how can the enemy so surround things? How can he come from every quarter at the same time? Seems like sometimes you think uh, that that if you're facing one front that that would be the end, but it comes from every direction sometimes. I don't know if you've ever been there, uh, but it seems like from every quarter, from every direction, it just seems like it just coming at you all at the same time. And it's almost surprising. It shouldn't surprise us. But it was almost surprising unto David. Amen. But David, uh, as he, as he comes into this and he, and he starts saying about this, I, I think it's amazing because even the next verse, he begins to say, and many there be which say of my soul. Now, so he's again saying, many are there. So I think he's stressing a point to us. If you, if you read the book of Psalms and you read the 22nd, uh, the 27th chapter, and you read the first few verses. Watch David. He said, For the Lord is my light and my salvation. And whom shall I fear? For the Lord is the strength of my life. And whom shall I be afraid? For when the wicked, even my enemy and my foe, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. And though a host should encamp about against me. Now watch what he's saying. A host camps about and against him. He said, my heart shall not fear, though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. For one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in the temple. For in the time of trouble shall he hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, shall he set me upon a rock. So David was telling you, amen, that it it seems like it's just everywhere. Now, if you study the message of the hour, you know Brother Branham uses that scripture for the rapture of the church. And he sets the backdrop of the rapture of the church And he shows you the trouble uh, If you've ever uh, studied that tape much The first half seemed like all he talks about is trouble and, and the scoffing and the and the situations And all of the criticisms and all Amen And to think that all of that was surrounding David at the same time But David was saying Amen One thing that I have desired So I'm not going to fear And I'm going to be confident in this one thing So, so David began to let you uh, have an idea of what he was going to do in this kind of a, in this kind of a trouble. So I believe as a as a church of the living God that we could gain strength for how David handled himself in such a time as
0: you're living today because if there ever was a people, amen, surrounded by the enemy, this bride today, amen, has every gun in hell has been trained against her. Every intellectual spirit, every carnal spirit, ever formal and ungodly devil, had set themselves against the church of the living God and tried to stomp out every move of the spirit, trying to stomp out every anything that God would do to give you liberty. Amen. And you say, well, what are we going to do in the sight of all of this? One thing I know, I will not fear, and I will be confident, amen, amen, that God, amen, is with us. Now, I think of David as he's, as he's sitting here saying this, and he actually lets you know there's a lot of people saying, amen, that God is not my. My help that there is no help for me and God. And I thought of as I was reading this, I thought, my, how could people who were in Israel? ever say that God hadn't helped David. Can you imagine the people, amen, that are actually saying this about David was the same very people that just a few years ago heard of how David, amen, had killed his tens of thousands while Saul only killed his thousands. These are the people that had lived in the time when they saw, amen, a little boy named David who, who, who? Is we say it like this, all the odds was against him. Amen. I don't know, amen, if if you read the Bible much, but it's a phenomenal reading, amen, when God anoints David to be king, and, it, and it's a beautiful picture to find that David didn't even have favor in his own house, amen. His own daddy never picked him to be the king of Israel. His own daddy put seven other sons in front of him, amen. But David, amen, amen, the odds was against him. Even his own father was not for him being the king of Israel, amen. But when God sent the prophet to look at David, he He said, listen, God does not look on the outward man, but God looks upon the heart. Amen. And God was not anointing the size of David. God was not anointing the ability of David, but God was anointing the heart of David because David had a heart, amen, that believed in God. And I think of David when David stood here Amen and underneath that anointing Amen the people that were saying That there was no help Amen for David is the same people Amen I imagine some of them had family And, and, and direct contact Amen to the very battle When David walked out and fought with Goliath Amen. If there ever was somebody in the Bible, amen, that was a proof that God helped somebody, amen, when they are in the, odds are stacked up against them. Would have been David, amen. Uh, I was just listening to the prophet the other day, and he said, do you see, Goliath is a great type of the devil. He said, the devil always does his boast, and when he thinks, he has the odds stacked up against you. Amen. The devil does most of his bragging when he thinks he has you in a corner and there's nothing you can do or no way for you to get out of it. Amen. But you you see, but Brother Bam said, but you watch now, that camp of Israel had let the devil do that bragging. He said, and they sat down there and sharpened their spears and sharpened their swords, but they wouldn't fight. He, He said, the reason being, they'd been away from the fire too long. Amen. They'd been away from the anointing too long. They forgot what God could do. But that little boy, amen, knew that God killed lions. He knew that God killed bears. He knew it wasn't him that did it. And if you ever take a man that understands the anointing of the almighty God, you'll find somebody that's not scared of cancer, they're not scared of the devil, they're not scared of the failures, because they know if God did it there, God will do it again. I serve a God tonight, and he's able to destroy every devil and every power, and we know how he's going to do it. Not by might not by power, but by the spirit of the living God. Do you see that David knew? Amen. Amen. These men, amen, would have been men that watched David. I'm not going to preach on David and Goliath tonight, but I think it's a Powerful story, amen, that a man with a slingshot could whip a giant. I, I tried to figure the reach the other day, and I don't know. I, I think it was 20-something feet long, amen, that the, the spear was that Goliath used. I think his spearhead was 18 inches long, amen, and then you find that a man that was nine foot, what kind of reach would he have, amen, what, what would he have, a two-and-a-half, three-foot reach at least, amen. So David couldn't even get within 30 feet of that giant, Amen, he could have kept David off. 30 feet away, he could have killed him. Amen, but you see, David, amen, was serving a God, amen, that could defeat every odd that was against him, no matter the size of the giant, no matter the power of the giant, no matter the weapon of the giant. David knew that no weapon that was formed against him could prosper because he was a seed of Abraham with the anointing of God upon him. I'll tell you, amen, if you ever trust that God could put an anointing, Anointing upon a man the anointing was upon David but they said there was no help for him these are men that seen him defeat Goliath these would have been the men that would have watched him pull the head of Goliath into the camp of saul and can you imagine here he comes dragging a bloody head into the tent and this is what the Lord can do if a man will trust in the Lord amen if if a man will only trust in the Lord there is no mountain too big there's no giant too strong There's no weapon too powerful that what God is not able. Amen. They said, well, there's there's no help for him. Amen. God don't help David. Amen. That was what the enemy was saying. They were maybe hopefully thinking that could be true. But how could they say it of a man like David? Amen. David who had had fought in the battles that, that the anointing of God had been upon his life. My, when I think of David and I think of the help that the Lord had given him, amen. David, his help was from the Lord. Watch what he said here, but thou, O Lord, art a shield, a shield for me. Amen. In other words, David knew that his shield was not a natural shield, he knew his shield was the Lord. Amen. Isn't it it wonderful when you recognize that the Lord is the shield that stops the enemy? I think of Brother Rand standing there in the prayer line. He's going to pray for a lady with cancer. He said, Lord Jesus, send that anointing now to stand between me and this enemy. Amen. To think, amen, that David didn't have a natural shield that he trusted. Amen. He didn't trust Saul's armor, but he did trust the anointing of God. And he knew that anointing was a shield unto him. Listen, friend, I know that whenever God gets between us and our enemy, there is no enemy that can touch a man when the anointing of God is upon him. Matter of fact, the Bible said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm when the anointing of the Lord is upon you. The devil can try to do whatever he wants to, but he will never destroy that man because there's a shield. That's between him and his enemy. Amen. The Bible says that even Paul understood this when he said that you should put on the shield of faith. Amen. The to be able to withstand every dart that the enemy's going to throw at you. Amen. The devil's going to throw everything he has at you. Don't ever think that just an intellectual understanding of the word of God will stop the enemy from destroying you. Hey but there has to be an anointed word there amen to stop the contact of the enemy. Amen for thou o Lord are a shield for me and thou art my glory. Hey and thou art the lifter of my head. My to think thou art my glory and thou art the lifter of my head. Did you ever need anybody to lift your head? Did you ever need somebody to tell you you need to pick your head up now? Amen. The church of the living God, I think sometimes we've had so many battles, we've had so many situations, we've contacted so many failures, if we're not careful, you're walking around with your head on the ground, acting like you're nobody, acting like there's nothing for you to do, acting like God has never done nothing for you, but David said, he's the Lord and he's the lifter of my head. At some point, we've got to hear the voice of the Lord say to us, your shame has been taken care of your failures have been erased and the iniquity will be there no more it's time for you to lift your head up and remember that God is the one that has justified the church of the living God my when I think about David he said he's the lifter of my head how could a man ever lift his head after the shame that David had put upon his own life how could a man ever lift his head again amen he failed his family he failed his kingdom he failed his God he failed his people David had a, had a, had a horrible failure in his life but you watch what David didn't know he knew that there was a Lord that had benefits with salvation and he said in Psalms 100 Lord, he said, let me forget not the benefits of him that forgiveth all mine iniquity. I pray today that God help us remember he's the God that forgiveth all iniquity. Amen. Then at some point, amen, if God forgave you, you've got to forgive yourself and you've got to let God lift your head again. You can't fight this battle looking at the ground. You can't fight this battle looking at your problem. You've got to lift up your head and look into the promises of God. That's why there was only one window in Noah's heart, brother. God didn't want him to look at the judgment. God didn't want him to look at the problem. He wanted him to look toward heaven and sometime or another in the middle of your battles, you just gotta look up and say, my help cometh from the Lord. I lift up my head and look to the hill where help's gonna come. There's no help in the problem. There's no help in the problem. You can look at that problem all day long and you're never going to get better you can look at the sickness all night long you're never going to get better but if you lift up your head and look into the promise of God there's a power that will come into the church tonight that will take away the, the power of the enemy Amen. Uh, Amen. he's actually the lifter he's the lifter of my head You see this, this isn't a man lifting your head. This isn't just another person saying to you, lift up your head, amen. But the Bible said when you see all these things, amen, lift up your head, your redemption draweth nigh that there's something taking place. This is not a moment, amen, for the church, amen, to drop their heads. This is not a time for you to drop your head. This is a time to lift your head. Amen. You smell, I'm not worthy to lift my head. I'm talking about the Lord who is the lifter of our heads. He can lift the head of the lowest, He can lift the head of the heaviest heart. Some of us become such deep thinkers that you nearly fake yourself into a nervous breakdown because you've looked at the problem and looked at the problem and looked at the problem. But, amen, I believe, amen, that God is directing you tonight by the word of the Lord to look away to Jesus, look to the power of the promises of God and remember where your help is coming from. Amen. Amen. To think of this, I I think of the grace of God that when David said he's the lifter of my head. Watch that next verse. And I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy heel. And I laid me down and slept Uh, this is a man that's been in contact with God. How do you sleep when all the enemy is around you? How do you sleep when everything is set up for your fall? How do you sleep when everything, amen, has been designed? Have you ever felt like the devil had you in a perfect place to kill you? And you just think, my, this has been set up to destroy me. Amen. But in that hour, amen, if you know where your help comes from, amen, you can lay down and go to sleep and know, amen, that it's not me that's doing the work. It's not me that's doing the battle. Amen. But God is fighting for the church of Israel. When I think of David, who could lay down and sleep. My somebody probably thought he was a probably thought he was a carefree guy probably thought that he wasn't a serious, he wasn't taking the problem serious. You're not taking things serious enough if you're resting and, and you're sleeping well. Amen, but it wasn't that David, amen, had a problem with knowing how serious it was, but David knew it was serious enough to talk to the Lord about. If it's serious enough to worry about, it's serious enough to talk to the Lord about. And David had talked to the Lord knowing where his help comes from. You know, I think, it's a, I think it's a beautiful insight into the scripture when you talk about David sleeping. Now, I, I just, was, just was doing some research here on this, laying down to sleep, and I thought, my, how could a man sleep like that? But David tells you his remedy in Psalms 34 and 7. He said, the angel of the Lord encamps about them that fear them and delivers them. In Psalms 91, he said he shall give angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways that they shall bear thee up in the hands lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Now David knew while I'm sleeping, though the enemy is around about me, there's also a camp of angels round about me. Now that wasn't just an idea. That was a reality to David. And Brother Branham says, you see, he says, now David knew wherever he would go, he would never get away from him. I thought it was good. Brother Branham said, no matter where he made his bed. Here's a man that that said, though I make my bed in hell. Can you imagine a guy who says, I can put the pillows on my bed in hell and I can sleep there because the angels of God would keep me no matter where I'm at. Can you imagine a man that was so confident in the God that he served that he will not forget me. He will not forsake me. He will not lead me to the devices of man nor the devices of hell. But though I make my bed in the middle of hell, amen, my God will be there and he's on my side. I don't care what you're going through tonight. I don't care what kind of devil has set up and, and told you that you're not gonna make it through and you're never gonna prosper and it's never gonna be and all the odds is against you, I tell you, that devil's a liar, and he's never read your story. Amen. Amen. My story would tell him the odds have been against me many times, but God has always been my deliverer, and God has been yours as well. How does a man sleep in the middle of trouble? Hey, Amen. There's, there's a remedy. No matter where he made his bed, God was there. Because the angels of God encamped about him. Just think, amen, they set their camp right down by you, watching over you all the time. In, in our country, down in the south, amen, and, and down in the south, you open that, brother. Amen, down there in the south, Brother Bram says it like this. Thank you, Brother Craig. Amen. He said, we got a lot of colored people there that are spiritual. He said, and they come to my meeting sometime and they used to sing a little song. I remember this colored sister, she'd get up and sing and she'd bring the Spirit of God into the midst of the people. I'll read that again for you. She'd get up and sing and she'd bring the Spirit of God into the midst of the people. I'm going to read it one more time. She'd begin to sing and she'd bring the Spirit of God into the midst of the people. All day and all night, angels are watching over me. He said, oh, she could sing that. And He said, I almost had to tie my hands to keep from running the meeting. Jumping up and down and screaming and running all over the place. Now, you don't think I do that, do you? He said, but I do. He said, but he does it in me. I believe if anybody felt the way I did, they'd do the same thing. It's an experience, yes, sir. Hey, it's an experience, yes, sir. If running and shouting and jumping, amen, to a good old-fashioned song was good enough for a prophet, hey, it's good enough for me. If Brother Branham wasn't too good to get out and scream and holler and run and dance while you sing, I think that we, amen, have laid our benefits upon the shelf and we let the devil, amen, compass about our worship and he begins to take away and take away and take away. But I think we ought to go to the enemy's camp and take back what belongs to us take back the children of God, the worship and the promise and the power that God has given the church, screaming and shouting and hollering. Oh, that's nonsense, no sir. Amen, it's called the Holy Ghost. Oh yes sir You ever get an experience with God like that And you can lay down and sleep at night Amen because you know that there's a real God With a real experience With a real word With real angels With real anointing Not just imaginary Not just intellectual But something you can feel Something you can know You can talk to it And it talks back to you You say brother Wayne what's wrong with you I want you to know We need to look up to where our help comes from It comes from the Lord. Hey, you say, my, there is no help for David. Well, I'll tell you, David knew enough about help that he was able to lay down and go to sleep. That's right. Amen. Amen. They could do all the fighting they wanted to. This man slept and knew that God was with him. My, when I think about this, I think about how David... Could sleep. You know, amen. One time, David in the Bible, he went out to a certain place, and the Bible said the Philistines covered the valley. They fled the valley, and David, amen, he'd done the smartest thing any man has ever done. He'd seen the battle before him, and he inquired of the Lord. And he said, Do I go down in the battle, or do I wait, Lord? And the Lord said, You wait right here, David, and you wait till you see. Uh, moving in the mulberry tree. Now, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, uh, uh, uh how can I say, uh, not ad lib, but just, but just make the story out of it. You go up there and watch them trees, David. Now, David, hey amen, would have went down over there and went to sleep under the shade, waiting on the moving of that tree because he knew now all of the frustration. All of the personal ideas, everything that he could come up with would be useless in the battle he was going into because he knew man cannot win this battle. It will take more than man to do this. David knew that in his heart. This is another battle like a Goliath battle. It will take more than me to do this. So David was waiting on the sound and the rustle of the mulberry tree. And you all know, amen, the secret behind it. The prophet of God said he laid out there waiting, the army ready, everything ready, waiting under the mulberry tree. After a while, heard something coming. He said through the brush and went on the other way. He was convinced, brother, no matter what the odds was, he was convinced that God went in before him. No matter what the odds was, you ever been sitting in the woods? How many hunters we got in here? You ever been in the woods and heard somebody come through the woods? Usually they do it just after daylight, and you've been up there about an hour waiting on that perfect moment for deer hunting. And they come tromping through the woods, and you can hear them coming for a half mile. It's a sound coming through the woods. Amen. One man makes a little sound. Amen. But a whole army would make a lot of sound. Amen. And David was hearing the sound. And the prophet of God said what actually it was, was the sound they were hearing was the angels moving into the battle. Amen. But he wasn't seeing them. He was hearing them move through the trees. The sound of the mulberry was the angels of God in the battle, which gave David the odds in the supernatural realm. Listen, it doesn't matter what the odds if God's on your side, He's worth more than the odds. Now I'm not a, uh, Amen. I'm not a good basketball player, Amen. But if you let me have, if, if you let me have Aaron, I'll take all y'all home. You say, well, see, Amen. So, so you say, well, the odds is against you. Not if He's the tallest guy on the team. Amen. It matters who's on your side of what the odds really are. And if you look at the odds of numbers, yes, the Philistine had the odds. But if you're fighting a battle, God is the God of battle. There's no weapon amen, that can destroy our God. And if God is on your side, there is no devil, no power. Hey, hey, the odds. Brother man said the odds. He said God was worth more than all the odds. Amen, what you got to do is get in his presence. (laughs) Amen, you got to get in his presence. Amen, when I think about David here, amen, whom David, amen, he knows the Lord as a shield. He was able to sleep, amen, while God was preparing the battle. When I think of this, I think of how that the Lord did these things and how that he was able to send angels in the battle. I know you have studied angels and heard angels preach, so I'm not on that tonight, Amen, but I, I want you to realize, amen, that if you, if you get in the presence of God, you cannot help but angels be there because they are wherever he is. Now, you have to be careful because I'm going to ask you a question. I'm setting you up, okay? What does angels do? And what have they been doing for the last million years? The only job angels ever had was worshiping God. So you cannot come in the presence of God without angels coming in your presence with the spirit of worship and the spirit of praise. Now watch this because we find that, that the scriptures are telling us that he was able to sleep. Now he was able to sleep. And we go into another great, a great man of God whose name was Elijah. And Elijah would go one day and, and be in the heat of the battle until God would give a, a juniper tree to his child. But the prophet tells us the mystery of the juniper tree, of why it was a resting place, was because God dispatched angels to go unto Elijah. And he even lined up the angels in heaven and fell all their fingers God went through heaven filling hands until he got the softest-handed angel and said, now you go down there and pet the brows of my servant. And, and the prophet said, watch, and they struck up the angel band. He said, and they played that wonderful music and, and the angels began to sing and they put Elijah to sleep. They brought him into such a tranquility that he was able to rest in the presence of God. They woke him up, put him back, woke him up, put him back. Amen. You see what's going on here is there's a a reality that these men were resting because they knew of a supernatural presence. My, when I think of this, I think of how, amen, that Elijah was able to sleep. David was, amen, able to be show how that God would be able to move through mulberry bushes. Amen. We find that it's this, we're Elijah and Elisha, amen, how that it would move to one ministry to another, even in Elisha's ministry, Gehazi, amen, would look at the odds of the Syrian army and become nervous. But... Elisha's words would open his eyes to what he was in the presence of, and the whole mountains were full of the angels of God. Brother Bram said, And let the Lord Jesus pray the prayer to open our eyes tonight and see the presence of the angels of God. Do you see what is happening here? Is men who were facing horrible odds, but were not. Worried about the odds because they knew what was on their side. Now when you start reading, amen, there's some beautiful pictures in the scripture. Can you turn with me and let's go to the book of Chronicles, 2 second Chronicles. And let's look at the 20th chapter. It's a wonderful reading here and it tells us a story of how that when the children of Moab and Ammon, amen, they begin to come up against Jehoshaphat. The Bible says then it was told Jehoshaphat saying, there's coming a great multitude against thee from beyond. Amen. And, and, and Jehoshaphat's getting word that there's a great multitude coming. A great multitude of his enemies. So, so the, the, the enemy that's coming against him is numbered as great. If you're reading, and you're reading the 12th verse, the Bible says, and against him was a great company. So it was a great multitude, a great company. There was a lot coming against Jehoshaphat. Now I want you to notice what Jehoshaphat is going to do. The Bible says in the fifth verse that Jehoshaphat went and stood in the congregation when the odds was against him. He went and stood there in Jerusalem, the house of the Lord before the new court, and he began to say, O Lord God of our fathers. Now watch. When the odds were at their greatest against this man, the first thing that he done was went to the house of the Lord and began prayer. Now, it's amazing to me that he did not go accompany all the spears that he could get. He didn't go sharpen the swords. He didn't say, Look, everybody, let's build a, let's let's come up with some new equipment here of how we're gonna reach this battle. He came to the house of the Lord and he began to call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible tells us there's actually a threefold prayer here as he began to say, Oh Lord God. Of our fathers, he wanted he wanted to, to remember now who his fathers was and who their God was. Watch, he's going to get the attention of God. He says, "And and thou, God, the God of the heaven, Amen." He wanted to be sure that we're talking to the God of my fathers, the God of heaven, and them that and him that rulest over all the kingdom of the heathen. And in thine hand is all power and might, and there is none able to withstand thee. Now look at what he's doing. You, you may think that he's just buttering God up. Amen. But this man knows what he's actually doing. He's invoking the greatest power that is known to humankind. Amen. And he knows that it will be got through the God of Abraham. Look at what he does. He actually begins to address him as God. He's not addressing him as just another idol or some stone god or or something over here, but he lets everybody know, I'm talking to the God, amen, of my fathers and and the God that's the God of heaven and he's the God of everything that you see. I'm talking to God. You see, sometimes you forget who you're talking to. Sometimes you, if you're not careful, amen, you start approaching things like you're, like you're just talking to another stone idol or something. But listen, the God that I'm talking about is a God you talk to him and he talks back to you. Amen. That you pray and he answers prayer as a reality in the talking to this kind of God. Now notice because this man is going to invoke the power of prayer, which William Branham said was the greatest power that had ever been put in the hands of man. Prayer is a key. Prayer is an answer. Prayer is what changes things. Prayer is the most powerful weapon that there ever was. Amen. Whatever you do, when the odds is against you, don't think about it. Pray about it. Don't fight about it. Pray about it. Don't argue about it. Pray about it. I'll tell you, prayer is a powerful weapon in the hands of the church of the living God. This man knew that God's program began with power. God's power, amen, program begins with prayer. My, my, look what he's doing. I'll tell you, uh, somebody told me a story one time years ago. I'll just paraphrase it to you. I thought it was a wonderful story. I think it's history. Maybe it's not, but it's a good story. Anyhow... Uh, but, uh, but a man came to Alexander the Great as a king in the days of, of the conquering. And he came there and, 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 and he was asking for things from the king. So he comes up to the king, he's a very poor man. And he needs some things. So he says to the king, Listen, king, he says, I, I, I need a diary for my daughter. And, and I, need a, I need an education for my son. And I need lands. And I need a farm. And I have no way to make a living. Can you give me a ranch? And, and he numbers off a, a great lot of ranch and, and numbers of cattle and sheep. And, and, and he's telling the king all the things that he needs. And, and after a while, the king says to him, it's been granted. And the fellow sitting next to the king looks at him and says, wait a minute, king. He said, a man came here a while ago and asked for two chickens and you wouldn't give it to him. But this man asked for all these great things and you give them to him. He said, why are you doing that? He said, well, he's the first one. Amen, that has treated me like a king because he's asked me for something only a king could give him. Too many times we act like we're talking to somebody who can't change things. We forget we're talking to somebody that created the heavens and the earth. When you begin to pray, you're praying to the creator of everything that you see. The power of breath and life and humanity and nature, everything is in his hands. When you approach him, you're approaching God. You're approaching the power, the revealer, the redeemer, the almighty. Amen, this man begins to know it so he approaches in a threefold and when he does, watch, he doesn't stop, amen, but watch he, 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 this, this man goes in he knows how to pray, he says listen now, amen are thou, are not you, are thou not our God amen. listen what he says the God of my fathers the God of heaven, the God of everything are you not my God Are you not our God who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel? I want to talk to the God that sent fear before Moses. I want to talk to the God that opened the Red Sea and and pulled back the Jordan. I want to talk to the God that stopped the sun for Joshua. I'm talking to the God that rained stones out of the heaven to destroy the wicked around Israel. I want to talk to the God that drove out the land and gave us possession of this land. Because if you get a hold of that God, the God that pushed them out, didn't keep them out. The the God that came into your life and delivered you and gave you the Holy Ghost. When the enemy comes back, the same God that saved you and delivered you is the same God that can keep you. Don't forget, he's the same God. He has not lost his power. Oh, yes, sir. Are thou not this God? Amen. The people of Israel which gave it to the seed of Abraham. <laughs> Amen. This man is pulling so many scriptures together while he's talking to the Lord. Hey, you're the God that did all these things. And, and, and you're the God of the seed of Abraham, so happened be he was. So happened his connection to that land was through Abraham. Amen. It was a good thing he mentioned him. Amen. Because what he had came through that name of Abraham. Amen. And to Abraham the seed. And watch what he says. Thy friend forever. Lord, you know your best buddy. You know your friend, the one you gave this land to. Now I'm his child, and, and it is written in Genesis 22. We rehearse it nightly around the campfire. We've told it hundreds of times to the family. We have it posted over our fireplace, Lord, for thy seed shall possess the gates of its enemy. Amen. I want to talk to the God that made that promise because I don't need an army. I need a God. I don't need more weapons. I need a God. Listen tonight, church. We don't need more ideas and intellectual ideas and church and forms. We need the God of the Bible. We need the God of William Branham. We need the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob that God is able to perform whatever he did then. He can do it again. This man knew what he was doing. Thy friend Abraham and they that dwelt and have built for a sanctuary for thy name. Say look what he does. Now he's going to go to the house he's praying in. Is this not the house that you promised my father, David, amen, that he was going to build through his son Solomon? And Lord, it was Solomon that dedicated this house with much sacrifice and much prayer, saying that any man that tore this temple and prayed, look at how many promises this man's invoking to get God's attention. Amen. He's not telling God the problem He's worshiping the God of answer. He's worshiping the God of battle. He's worshiping the God of ability. Listen, today we're not worshiping a God of stone. But when you worship God, the power of God comes into the worshiper. Hey, when I think about this man's prayer, hey man, he starts pulling out Solomon here, knowing what Solomon said and God answered Solomon. And God, God confirmed that Solomon's prayer, if any man turned toward this house and was in trouble and called on my name. If you'd if you like to study your Bible, of course, amen, that's, that's Solomon's prayer that was made back at the tabernacle when, he, when he's dedicated. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 29 and 30. Amen, this prayer was made. This is the prayer that Jonah invoked when he was in the belly of the whale. This is the thing that Jonah found when all odds are against you. Listen, friend, you've never been as much trouble as Jonah was. David was surrounded by enemy. Jonah was surrounded by whale belly. He had more problems than any man ever ought to have. But even Jonah knew that if we invoke the prayer that Solomon prayed, that the God of Solomon will come on the scene for his namesake. You notice this man brings up the name of God for your name, Lord? Do you know this is the very thing that God did when he was carrying the children of Israel and he was carrying them from Egypt to the promise and that bunch of, uh, bunch of grasshoppers, amen, went half the way and they wouldn't want the power of God, he didn't believe God could do those things no more and they turned back on God, amen, and he, God said, Moses, get out of the way, I'm going to kill the whole bunch. And the Lord said, no, 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 Lord. He said, your name's on the line here, They're going to say you're not able to deliver if you don't take somebody over. So God said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll let that die off. I'm going to bring up a new generation, and I'll take them in for my name. So this man knew that to bring up the name of God would be able to bring in power. My name is in this house. And them that cry our affliction, them that will hear and help. Now watch what he's saying. God, if we cry in your name at this house, you promise to hear and to help. My, my, this man, a man knew what he was doing. Now I want you to, to see something here in the next verse because who his enemy was, was the children of Ammon and Moab. If you read your Bibles, go to Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 4, Numbers 20 and 21, and you're going to find that these are the people that while they were traveling across in their journey, they come up to these people's land, and God said, Don't go through their land without buying the water you drink. Don't eat their cattle unless you pay for it. Don't hurt these people. Amen. I'm not with you in this. In other words, Moses, don't touch them because they were Lot's children. Don't you bother them. Leave them alone. I know that they are what they are, but you leave them alone. I gave them that. That's their place. Just leave them alone where they are. See, but you you see, watch now. Here's this bunch of holy rollers went right by that bunch of carnal believers and never even bothered them. They just minded their own business, done their own thing. They were just worshiping the Lord, going right on. But now, after they're in their homeland, after they're established, they got a house of worship, they got the power of God, now these old spirits are going to rise up and they're going to come in and take over. Amen. It's it's, It's actually an attack. Amen. That's coming from something a long time ago that wasn't destroyed because God said, let it be. All right. All right. All right. But watch now, God knew all the time when he told Moses, don't bother it, that eventually it was gonna rise up and when it did, Moses wasn't gonna be the one deal with it, God was gonna deal with it. And God was going to teach them how he deals with attacks on his people. Amen, yeah. um, uh, yeah. hey, you gotta be careful, never mistake meekness for weakness. Never mistake meekness for weakness. Amen. And never attack the anointed of God. Because it's God that fights for the anointed. Watch what he says here. Amen. He comes along and says, See, now now there's a great company that has come against them. And the Bible tells us, Amen, that in the 15th verse, The Lord said unto them, Be not afraid, or don't be dismayed by reason of great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. The battle is not yours. It's God's. Listen, I want you to to hear this. I believe the Lord instructed me to say this to you. The battle is not yours. It's God's. the battle it's not yours it's God's so what does that mean it means that your enemy is God's enemy it means you think he's your enemy but he's not your enemy he is God's enemy and God is the one fighting this battle My, when I think about that tonight, then your enemy is God's enemy. Now, the Bible tells us that God lets them know, amen, you've got to remember that I am the one that's doing the battling here. And he tells him in the 17th verse, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. You don't need to fight in this battle. Don't sharpen your swords. Don't get out your spears. That's not what you're going to do in this battle because God has a thing for you to do. Amen. But watch now. The very next thing he tells him is he comes down here and he said, Go out tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Amen, that's the most powerful thing you ever heard. Go on out, and the Lord's going to be with you. Brother, if I have God telling me, you just go out there and preach, I'm going to be with you. I don't care what it is. I don't care what devil shows up. God is more than able, amen, to destroy every devil and every wicked thing. For it's not our battle. It's not us to do the fighting. It's for us. Amen. What are you going to do? Amen. The Bible said it's just for you, Israel, to stand. Amen. When you can't do nothing else, when every odd is against you, then you take your stand for the word of God. You just stand for the word, and God will stand for you think about this one making their stand. I don't know what kind of situation you're in tonight. Amen. But I really believe with all of my heart I've come all the way down here to tell you it's time to make your stand and God's going to fight for you. Amen. You're not going to fight this yourself. You're going to see the mighty hand of the mighty God. Amen. I don't know who you are tonight. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know your situation. Every odd is against you. But I do know this that God said he would be with us, even in us, until the end of the age. And it does not matter the odds when God is the one with you. <sighs> oh, my. I want you to fight. Amen. But you're not going to fight like you think you're going to fight. This fight is not the battle. Is not you. You're not going to fight like this because the Lord is going to be with you. Amen. Hey. Let's just read what he says. I think it's beautiful. In the 21st verse, the Bible said, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers. All right. singers. Come on, help me read that. And he appointed singers, singers unto the Lord. Now, you thought you were unimportant. Come on. Come on. The devil has done everything he can do, amen, to hit at our singing gifts. Oh absolutely He's after the preachers But he's after the singers He's after every gift In the body of this church He's after every gift In the body In this last day Amen Sometime, One time somebody asked me Something about Brother Timothy's uh, Worship and the worship here And somebody asked him Brother Wayne What do you think about it? I said well i tell you what I think I think if I was the devil That'd be my target I think if I was trying to destroy a church, that's where I would start. If I was trying to tear down Evening Light Tabernacle, I would attack that preacher, I would attack that ministry, I would attack that singing because if you get worship out of the church, amen, you've took the presence of God out of the church. If you take the singers out of the church, you take the joy out of the church. My, look at what the devil's gonna do. Somebody said, Well, Brother Wayne, you better be careful. No, the devil better be careful. Amen. I know where I'm standing. I'm standing on the saith the Lord. I didn't start this fight, I didn't start a pushing and pulling. I'm not here tonight fighting. I am standing on the word of God. Amen. That there should be singers appointed in the house of God. So, Brother Wayne, then you are supported, Brother Timothy, with all. My heart. You might not like that, but that's all right. I got much right the way I believe you do, huh? I disagree with you. Well, I disagree with you in the same place. Amen. And he appointed singers under the Lord. You mean these people were singing and God was going to hear their singing? It wasn't just for show then. This wasn't just a little production they were putting on, something we could laugh at, make fun of, destroy, ridicule. Then you mean the ones that were singing in this battle were singing unto the Lord. You know how wonderful that was when I read that the first time and I said the Bible said that our praise goes to the Lord as a sweet smelling Savior. I finally could tell all them real good singers, God ain't hearing me, he's smelling me. qualifies me to (laughs) sing under the blood. Amen. I can't imagine my screech reaching under the Lord. Amen. But something coming out of the heart that's worshiping back to God. It's called worship in the Bible. Amen. Do you see what he's doing? He's singing under the Lord. And as God appointed them, the Bible said that they would praise the Lord. Amen. And they went out before the army and to say praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever now, now we've talked about the power of prayer, we've talked about the power of the blood, we've talked the power of everything, don't let us forget the power of praise Don't let the church of the living God forget what it means to praise the Lord. Don't you forget it invokes a supernatural realm. It opens up doors that were closed. It closes doors that were opened up. Praise changes everything. What did Jonah do in the belly of the whale? He offered a thanksgiving and began to praise God before the whale ever changed his position. He began to praise God. You don't have to feel your healing before you begin to praise God. God. If you're a real believer, you can take the word tonight and begin to praise God because you're a believer, because you have the word of God, because God is God. Mr. So way all no, the odds is against me. If you wait for the odds to turn, you will never praise God. I praise him when the walls come down. That's not the way the Bible was written. The Bible said that Joshua praised God. Then the walls come down. Sometimes you just got to praise God when he's not answering, when things are hard, when troubles are everywhere. You've just got to praise God. You said, Brother Wayne, I I tell you, I don't know if I can do that. Go listen to a sermon called Doors and Doors and see if Brother Ram said we didn't let Lord in the front door. He said, but there's a little door called Pride. He said, and we don't want him in that door. And you know what's wrong with the churches today? We've got so dignified and so stealth starchy that we don't believe in altars, We don't believe in prayer lines. We don't believe in Holy Ghost meetings. We don't believe in shouting and screaming. And you know why? Because we're so full of pride, amen, that we might mess up our hair. We might get somebody snotty or wet with our tears. But listen, brother, I believe we ought to praise God in the anyhow. It doesn't matter what's happening. It don't matter the trouble that's going on amen everything that has breath let them praise god praise god praise god praise god i think we got a right to praise the almighty god you're gonna call me pentecostal anyhow i might as well get started enjoying my name if you're gonna call me a holy roller let's just roll and be holy about it Ah, there's one thing I hate. It's a formal devil that's come against the church of the living God. Amen. I believe tonight, amen, that if we begin to praise God, every formal devil will die around us. Formal devils everywhere now. And company, it surprises me how many there is. But if you begin to praise God, they begin to die. You might be carrying one tonight. Amen. And you know how to kill it. Amen. Join us. When when I was in the world, I hated a drunk. I hated a drunk unless I was drunk. But if somebody ever gets drunk enough, if you ever drink enough, Amen. There's something that changes. You start loving everybody. Amen. you start wanting to hug everybody. You start thinking everybody's beautiful. You forget the problems. You forget the cares. You forget what clothes you're wearing. You forget how much money you got. You forget what everything is. And you just begin to, you say, well, Brother Wayne, and I ain't never going to get drunk. Brother Branham said that Mary, amen, had to go to the upper room, and she got drunk on the spirit of the living God. And I think today what we really need is to pass the bottle in the church of God until we get so drunk that we lose who we are we forget all about the issues and problems and let the Holy Ghost fall back in the church with power with anointing with reality I didn't come here tonight for another intellectual sermon I come here to praise the God of my fathers the God of Abraham the God of Jacob the God that saved you the God that served me. You say, Brother Wayne, i tell you what. I don't know how to get in the spirit like you people do. i tell you how it starts. It starts with praise. You say, I want one of them old-fashioned Holy Ghost blessings where I talk in tongues and cry out in the spirit. Amen. Just what? Well, uh, 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 I don't know how that comes. i tell you how it comes. You start praising the Lord. You just start opening your heart. You let God come in that door of pride. And when he gets in that door of pride, you may have to get in the floor and roll a little while. Amen. But you'll feel better when you're done. You'll like me more when you're finished. You'll think more of the preachers when you're done. You'll think more of the song service when you're finished. Matter of fact, if a man really gets an experience with God, the whole world gets better. The day I got saved, everything changed. Sometimes we don't need a change in the pulpit. We don't even need a change in the song. We need a change in us. Uh, Well, we ain't gonna have to fight in this battle. He said, what you're gonna do is anoint some praisers, anoint some singers, and you let them go out and let them start singing. Let them start blessing the Lord. Let them start worshiping. Let me ask you something, friends. Amen. Where in the world did God ever one time in the Bible or the message put praise and worship out of the church of the living God? I, I want to ask a question in all honesty. What do you think we're going to do in heaven? What does people really think we're going to do in heaven? Exchange scriptures? Are we going to go around and break down the Greek and the Hebrew of what Scripture means what? And this means you can't shout. This means you can't dance. And this means you got to hold this. Come on, church. Amen. But in heaven, it will be nothing but the worship of the mighty God throughout eternity. You say, well, I don't think I'd act like that in heaven. Well, listen, if you was as lost as I was lost, amen, and as undone as I'm undone, you'd put me in heaven with all these battles over and all the trials of our life. Brother, if you think I'm cutting up tonight, you wait till they put me up there when all the battles is over and the trials of my life is finished. This old body can't hold the anointing the way God is bringing it. But there's a power in the church of the living God that'll bring anointing. It brings truth. It brings reality. By the way, I think that's Pentecostal. Thank you very much. How a compliment you've been giving me tonight. They went before the army. You know what? These people ain't even going to lift a sword. They're not even going to lift a spear. They're just lifting their hands to the Lord of glory. And as they begin to worship, something begins to happen. When they begin to praise God, something takes place. All of their enemies... All the enemies that's in front of them, the Bible says. The Bible says the Lord put out an ambush on them. God put them in an ambush. He let them think this is a bunch of weak, helpless people, and He let the devil think, You got the odds, go in and attack now. They can't even see where they're going. They've been crying so loud. Their eyes are full of tears. And snots running down. They're weary, and their body. They're sitting there, and the, they don't even know which way they're going. Go get them right now! But see, God had set up an ambush. Yes. Can I take some liberty right here, brother? Tim? God had set up an ambush. Now, now, then, this is me, brother. Man didn't say this. I, I believe, I believe them same angels. <laughs> that was with David and Elijah and all them that encamped about the Lord. I believe the same angels. Can you imagine them angels of, of Gabriel and Michael? when they had been before the Lord with the Hebrew children and they'd said, Lord, let us go down and deliver them. I want to go. I want to go do this. I want to get them out of this problem. I want to overcome this king. And the Lord said, no, boys, y'all sit here. This is a man-sized job. Them boys have been sitting on goal for a 1,000 years now. They've been waiting for this moment. Those angels have been waiting for the very moment they could come down and show up for God. And God finally said, all right, boys, it's battle time now. Come on, come on, y'all. Come on off of the pews. And get up out of heaven. I want you to empty heaven out. I want you to go down there. And when my people start praising, I want you to start fighting. When my people start praising, I want you to start destroying devils. Listen, tonight, church, God has emptied the heavens. God is emptying the heavens tonight. And the Spirit of God has been poured out upon the church. If you begin to praise, God begins to destroy. As God destroys your enemy, you'll walk away from this. Hey, it's the mighty God. It's the God with power, the God with anointing, the God with truth, the God who fights the battles of his children. They're gonna praise, you're gonna fight. They're gonna praise. Those angels never said, Lord, there's too many. They said, glory to God. Michael, you can only take four. I get five. You can only take six. I get ten. They were, they were ready for it. They had seen those people, amen, pushed and ridiculed and heard. Those angels was ready for this battle. Can you imagine? Can you imagine when they got down in there? And the Bible said that the enemy got even confused. Who's that just hit me on the back and turn and stick one another because they couldn't see them angels. They thought that guy over there done it. And watch them turn on each other like a bunch of wolves. They start turning on one another. i tell you this, amen, if you'll just hold your peace, God will set a spirit of confusion against that enemy. They'll actually turn on their cells and destroy their cells while you're just worshiping God. All you're going to do is praise God and he's going to come on the scene with power. God sets up ambushes. Devil think he got you right where he wants you. No, he don't have you right. God's got that devil right where he wants him. And look at what these guys do. When they start praying, when they start praising, amen, they have an experience with a God that is able. Now, it, it, might, it, might, uh, it might be interesting to read that they were still surrounded by enemies. In the next verses, they didn't lose their enemies, but their enemies were dead. The Bible said they were surrounded by dead enemies. Their enemies were there, but they had no power against them. They were motionless. When God got done, there was no power left in them. To defeat the children of God Look at what they done Instead of three days of fighting They spent three days gathering the goods right. <laughs> Listen I want to tell you something The next three days of your life This Friday, Saturday and Sunday First Friday, Saturday Sunday I'll give you four days There's actually four in the scripture actually right there Amen The next few days of your life I, don't, don't come struggling Don't come fighting Amen Let the Lord kill the thing tonight Come gathering. Come getting the spoils. Come take back your joy and your strength and your power, your anointing. Just begin to gather things. Gather things into your bosom. Instead of battle three days together, well, Brother Wayne, hey amen, there's there's just not enough. There's not enough. There's not enough of us. Listen, friends. Listen, if God had a bunch of you, he'd narrow you down. Read the story of Gideon and Judges. And see if the Lord didn't say, You got too many to fight with. Makes one call, 32,000 comes, justification. They all come. But God said, You got too many, and cuts them down, amen, by saying, Any of you that's cowards, go home. Anybody that's scared of the battle, go home. Because there's not a place for a coward in this battle. Look what In the Bible, said twenty-two thousand left. Sanctification narrowed it down, but the next one, watch what they done. They went to the water. Get narrower all the time. They went to the water, and down at the water, what they do? According to the way they drank that water, made up whether or not they were going to fight in that battle. It matters how you drink of this spirit. Some people just drink of the spirit and forget there's a word. They forget there's a word that has directed the church and set orders and powers and delivers. They forget about the word and just spirit, 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 spirit and don't know there's a word. Amen. But watch. Amen. But there was some men there. Amen. But I, I, I think it was Brother Danny Steeman one time demonstrated what he believed. Was there and I thought it was pretty good. Amen. That, that, that the man that was kept was them that knelt down like this and, and they let the water with one hand, the Bible said. Amen, but that other hand probably more likely was on that sword. Amen, meaning, letting us know something. I believe you need to drink the water with a sword on you. Yeah. You need to remember that this word and this water goes together. Yeah. You don't have one without the other, yeah. and that narrows down the crowd. This is why I mean we're getting pretty narrow. That's right, it's up there around that headstone. Is that right? But the Bible says that's where the statue come, the perfect man. That's where the prophet of God says it like this. He said as it narrows down, he said we are going to come to a super church, to a super race, to a super seed. She'll be fewer in number, but she'll be greater in anointing. This will not be, amen, down in the bottom. This will be the anointed seed of God fighting the battle in the last days. My, when I think of that super race and super sea that's upon the earth, watch what they done. They was able to go in and defeat their enemy. My, listen, friend, I, I think tonight, if we, just, if we just say, amen, just in trying to close here, I want you to think tonight that if the devil had his way, there would not be one of you in this building tonight. If the devil had his way, amen, the devil absolutely would destroy you all. But you know what I found? I found in the scripture, amen, that our Lord Jesus told us the desire of the enemy against us. Amen, he said, the Lord said, Simeon, the devil, Satan, has desired to sift you as wheat. The desire of the devil is to destroy you, to sift you. The prophet of God said, watch, we are in an age where all hell has been emptied out. Every gun in hell has been trained against the bride of Jesus Christ. Every gun they got's on us. But watch what he says. And the purpose is to destroy us. But Jesus said, I prayed for you. Well, I don't have all the time to go back into the prayers of Jesus, but I challenge you to give me one that wasn't answered whether it was a blind man or whether it was feeding 5,000 or 7,000 or whether it was multiplying fish and bread, no matter, no matter what the prayer, whether it was Lazarus four days in the tomb or, or, the, uh, or uh, you, uh, Seraphim, and to, to think of all of the wonderful miracles that were done by the power of his prayer, then I have to believe that there was a pattern here that he had an unfailing prayer life. Amen. And, and, and he said, I have prayed for them that they fail not. You said, so well, yeah, but, but Brother Wayne, that was Peter. But I want you to notice it was after this prayer that Peter fell from the Lord and he denied him three times. So, so once now, God knew before Peter's trial that Peter was going to have the trial. And when he come through the trial, he said, wait a minute, Peter, I've already prayed for you. Now watch, it was a foreknowledge and the word of the Lord went before him to uphold him even in his greatest. Now, if you go to John the 17th chapter, it's a beautiful chapter here. He says where Jesus said unto them, amen, he says, Lord, I have manifested my name in the sixth verse unto them which thou gavest me out of the world and and thou gavest them me. And they have kept thy word and now they have known all things whatsoever thou hast given me are thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me and they have received them and they know surely that I am come out from thee and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world but for them which thou hast given me. Now I'm not an English major but Brother Bram helped us. That's past tense. Already given. They are thine, and all mine are thine, and all thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Thank you, Lord. Now, watch, amen. He's saying, I pray for them which you have given me before the world began. But then, watch, you said, Well, Brother Wayne, that's the disciples. I just love the Bible. Watch the 20th verse, but neither I pray for these alone but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Amen. So the same one that prayed for Peter is the same one that prays for you. Amen. Now you say, by the way, what are you getting at? Let's go to real quickly to Romans 8 and watch Romans 8 say it here. For we know that all things... <laughs> Glory to God. I know the devil hates that and worse than anything. We know that all things... Amen. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that who are called according to his purpose. Now, Brother Branham is specific in saying nothing can defeat the purpose of God. If it's God's purpose to save you, then whatever happens, it's going to work in his purpose. And according to him, he has put forth all wisdom and prudence Amen. that all things would work for the counsel of his own will. For whom he did foreknow, he did also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now that's, that's, that's a lot of word right there. And I, You know I don't have time to preach in these things. <clears throat> I'm reading them to you. He did predestinate to be conformed. So there actually is somebody who was foreknown and predestinated of God to come to a certain place. Yeah. Then that, then what's the prophet? Amen. He, he begins to say, whom he did predestinate, then he also called. How many believes that's their name tonight? Yeah. Come on, have some faith. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen, predestinated. Do you see this? Whom he called, he said he's also justified, and them that he's justified, he has also glorified. Then the prophet of God said, see, already in heaven, you're already glorified. You're glorified by the blood. You're glorified by his way of choosing his church. He brought glorification. Now, Brother Graham says it like this. He said, then let the devil have all the temper tantrum he wants to have. We're already justified. We're already glorified. Amen. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. So the prophet of God adds to it and says, look, he took a picture of you and your perfection and he put it up somewhere where the devil couldn't get a hold of it. So the devil cannot change in time what God done in eternity. The devil can't touch the anointed of God. It don't matter how many devils come against you. God has already ordained you and glorified you. Jesus has already prayed for you. Hey, listen to what he says here he says then what shall we say to these things (laughs) if God be for us who can be against us listen if God be for you tonight what does it matter who's against you What does it matter who's on the other team? God is on my team. What difference who their running back, who their offensive line is? God is my running back. God is my offensive line. God is my defense. God is my everything. You say, Brother Wayne, what are you saying? I'm saying that we can invoke the power of a living God tonight if we just begin to praise the Lord. Devils are gonna die. Sicknesses are cured. Enemies lose their power things that was going to destroy you it's not going to be able to harm you anymore listen all the odds may be against you but God said he's for you and if God is for you it doesn't matter who is against you because the Lord is on your side all odds is against you Think about it, Sister Karen. What about that brain bleed? All the odds was against her ever coming out of that without some kind of major problems. But she sits there tonight. I seen her jump up under the anointing a while ago and begin to praise God. The devil didn't want them arms to praise God, but God ordained them to praise God. He didn't want her to sit in a meeting like this tonight, but God was on her side. When it counted, God was there, and he made the devil turn loose. Come on, what's the odds of Mariah ever being healed? But God was on her side. What's the odds of Brother Kenneth ever being healed? But God was on his side. What was the odds of Sister Lena Butts ever getting healed like that? But God was on her side. And God is not a respecter of persons. What God done for one person, he will do for another person. He's got the same attitude here tonight. Listen, friends, I don't know what the odds are tonight. I don't know what's stacked against you. I don't know what devil has said you'll never make it. I don't know what devil's come to your life and said you're never going to be good enough. It ain't never going to work. You're never going to escape it. I tell you, in the name of the Lord, that devil was a liar to start with, and he's got no rights, amen, touching the children of God. Amen, the odds is against you, but God has already put you in by the promise of the mighty God. God is on your side. Can you stand to your feet with us tonight? God
1: is on your side.
0: Oh, brother. But Wayne, you mean this, you mean that. I'll tell you what I mean. I mean, there is devils all around the spiritual move of God. From every quarter. From every direction. And if you start trying yourself to figure a way to defeat it, you are going to let them have the odds. But if you'll just lay down the weapon and begin to praise God. So, Brother Wayne, what I do? Stand on the Word. Brother Ram was clear about it. Stand on the Word. But praise God. Stand on His Word and begin to praise. It'll change things. It'll change things. Have you ever tried it? Have you ever been so... Have you ever been the point of a nervous breakdown? When you didn't see any
1: way out? Thank you, Lord.
0: It was enough for you to say, I can't do this anymore. Thank you, Jesus. a little
1: something inside you. You begin to call on His name,
0: Lord. We call on You, the God of Heaven,
1: the God of all the earth, the God of Abraham, Your friend, whose seed I am. Who promise You made that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that You would raise the standard against me.
0: So William Branham said. When all of hell was poured out against you, he said it only meant God poured out all of heaven for you. (laughs) Wouldn't that be enough? Wouldn't it be enough tonight to know that all of heaven, I pray that this means something to you. be had the Lord not been the person but Amos where would you be He's been.
1: more you can say. Mr. <laughs> Ray, where would you be? Mr. Baker, had he not
0: been? But Jeff, remember? I remember. I never forget that. Me. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. You're hearing from somebody tonight that's not supposed to be here. I wasn't supposed to survive. I wasn't supposed to make it. He was on my side. Amen. Right. Hallelujah.
1: How could we not worship
0: Him? Why would you take my praise? Why would you take my worship? Why would you not want me to sing to my Lord and praise Him? say God say that he's the God of creation in heaven there's nothing like me or Lord there's nobody like my God there's nothing like him Have no friend when, when you think you're going to lose everything. There he is. There he is walking in the midst of the church and up and down the aisles and speaking to you in song and worship. Take anything you want from me, i take my liberty. Take my liberty, take that from me, Father. it was you that picked me up and dusted me. it was you that bring life into me it was you that set me in the spirit it was you that put me in the ministry it was you that told me to go now father I stand in thy name tonight and I ask you to come on the scene one more time father come through the house of God tonight father Heal the sick Lord and set at liberty them that are lost. Destroy our enemies tonight, Father. Oh God. Oh God. Oh, let's just worship him tonight. Salt the Lord. And he answered me And delivered me From every fear Those who look on him Are radiant They'll never be ashamed Never be ashamed Oh